0: Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 122. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So, as normal for today, which is Sunday, January 17th, 2021, I am going to, in this episode, cover the latest news and rumors from the big four rumor sites for the four major camera manufacturers. So, let's get into this and see what we have for this week. Let's do this! All right. First up, from CanonRumors.com, patent, more patents related to a new style of interchangeable lens camera from Canon. Canon News has uncovered more patents relating to the vlogging style, ILC, that follows the release of patents last month about the same product. This patent goes into some detail, and both DP Review and Canon News think we may be looking at an EF to EFM adapter on this device, which would make some sense considering the size and weight of EFM lenses. Now, keep in mind that drawings aren't always an accurate description of certain things. We also get plenty, uh, get a pretty detailed photo of a shotgun microphone attached to this new camera type. Whatever is going on here, we're up to almost uh, 10 detailed patents about this product. Be sure to check out Canon News for further breakdown of these patents. And of course, I'll include a link to this article as well as all the articles from today's episode in the show notes that my listeners can check them out for themselves. Next up, Canon has exceeded its sales projections for fiscal 2020. It looks like there is some good news coming out of the camera industry during the pandemic. Canon has exceeded their sales projections for the 2020 fiscal year on the backs of the Canon EOS R6 and R5. Sales for both cameras have really exceeded expectations, especially in China. According to a Nikkei article, Canon is raising their consolidated net income because of the success of both the R5 and the R6. Quote, in the manufacturing industry, earnings forecasts have been revised upward one after another. Canon announced on the 14th that it will raise its consolidated net income for the fiscal year ending December 2020 due to strong sales of digital cameras in China. The background is the economic recovery in China, and there is a difference between the non-manufacturing industry whose business performance is declining due to the re-expansion of the new coronavirus infection and the recovery. Canon's consolidated net income for the fiscal year ending December 2018. uh, 2008 will decrease 36% from the previous fiscal year to 80 billion yen, which is 28 billion yen higher than the previous forecast. New full-frame mirrorless cameras are performing well in the Chinese market. Ink sales for home printers also increased due to the expansion of telecommuting. Uh, canon also saw a good increase in ink sales due to more people working from home canon's full fiscal 2020 financials should be presented before we hit february and i apologize i think a moment ago in this article when it said december 2008 i believe that was a typo uh, the guy the person at canon rumors needs to go back and recheck their articles they're usually pretty good but every once in a while they make a, a major mistake in an article Next up, Canon launches a Canon CESAT 1 microsatellite emulator so you can take some photos from space. Canon has launched a new site which allows you to shoot photographs with Canon's $9 million CESAT 1 microsatellite, which was launched in 2017 in India. The CESAT 1 satellite is equipped with a modified Canon 5D Mark III and a PowerShot camera for wide angle views. The CESAT 1 isn't the smallest microsatellite that Canon has built. There is also the CESAT 3, which can fit in the palm of your hand. Canon is spending a lot of R&D on space imaging, and it looks like they're in it for the long run. About the Canon CESAT-1, quote: The CESAT 1B is a 67-kilogram microsatellite which can resolve 90 centimeter objects on the ground from space. Additionally, spaceflight is coordinating the launch of another Canon satellite, the CE-SAT-2B, uh, which is slated to lift off after the SAT-1B mission later in 2020, also aboard an Electron. It will carry three cameras with different resolutions and sensitivities, end quote. Canon has launched a new site that lets you emulate operating the satellite overlooking various parts of the planet. Check out Canon. Uh, redefine limits site here and of course there'll be a link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself next up canon usa has updated their refurbished inventory including select rf lenses it looks like canon usa has restocked their refurbished inventory and it includes a few rf lenses as well as popular ef models on the RF lenses, the RF 24 to 105 f/4 L IS USM is 879. The Canon RF 35mm f/1.8 Macro STM is 399, and the Canon RF 70 to 200 f/2.8 L IS USM is 2429. On EF lenses, the Canon EF 24 to 70 f/2.8 Mark II is 1 uh, 1,709 US. The EF 100 400 45-56, IS Mark II USM is 2159. On EOS M, the EOS M50 body is 459, and the EOS M50 with the 15 to 45 millimeter lens is 519. You can check out all the available refurbished gear at the Canon USA store. And as usual, there'll be a link in this article uh, in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, we're number three. Canon ranked third in the 2020 IFI claims U.S. patent rankings. Canon has now ranked in the top five for number of patents granted for 35 consecutive years. From Melvern, uh, Melville, New York, January 13th, 2021. Continuing its mission of empowering innovation, Canon USA, Inc., a leader in digital imaging solutions, is proud to announce that its parent company, Canon, Inc., ranked third for the number of U.S. patents awarded in 2020 with 3,226 patents. With this year's ranking, Canon has now ranked in the top five for number of patents granted for 35 consecutive years, according to the latest ranking of preliminary patent results issued by IFI Claims Patent Services. Additionally, Canon once again ranked first in patents among Japanese companies for the 16th consecutive year. Quote, As the world continues to shift and the, and the needs of our customers evolve, we too will continue exploring new areas and future opportunities for innovation that will benefit our customers, End quote, said Seymour Liebman, Executive Vice President, Chief Administrative Officer, and General Counsel of Canon USA, Inc., and Senior Managing Executive Officer for Canon, Inc. Quote, Canon is proud to be in the top three patent holders as it further demonstrates our commitment to delivering innovative ideas and solutions that meet market and customer demands, end quote. Canon actively promotes the globalization of its business and places great value on obtaining patents overseas. Among these, the United States, with its many high-tech companies and large market scale, represents a particularly important region in terms of business expansion and technology alliances. Canon promotes the acquisition and utilization of intellectual property rights, not only for fundamental technologies required for next-generation products, but also for such technologies as wireless communication and image compression shared by the next generation social infrastructure. So that is definitely interesting and it's exciting to see that Canon is still in the top five for patents that have been approved uh, in the United States as well as worldwide. Canon has definitely taken their digital imaging division seriously a lot of people claim that canon was going to go the way of the dodo bird uh, because of the lead that sony had in the mirrorless full-frame market but if you remember if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time i announced back in late 2018 when canon announced the EOS R that it wouldn't take canon more than 18 to 24 months to catch and pass sony And they did exactly that. The R5 and the R6 dropped just about exactly 18 months after the EOS R did. And with the R5 and R6, Canon put a serious hurtin' on Sony's full-frame mirrorless market. Next up, industry news. Costco is closing all of their in-store photo centers on February 14th, 2021. Costco announced that they are closing all of their in-store photo centers on February 14th. You will still be able to order photo services via the Costco Photo Center website. The following was sent to Costco members. We are writing to inform you about the upcoming closure of the photo department at all Costco locations on Sunday, February 14th, 2021. Since the introduction of camera phones and social media, the need for printing photos has steeply declined, even though the number of pictures taken continues to grow. After careful consideration, we have determined the continued decline of prints no longer requires on-site photo printing. Digital technologies allow consumers to do more with their photos, including the ability to personalize canvas, metal, and acrylic prints, or create photo books, stationary calendars, and other gifts. We will continue to ship these high-quality products and prints to your home or business through the Costco Photo Center website at CostcoPhotocenter.com. Costco's home movie, video transfer, passport photo, photo restoration, and ink cartridge refill services will no longer be available after the same date of February 14th. Please pick up any remaining orders you have at your local Costco location by March 28th, 2021. We thank you for your business and look forward to providing our innovative, high-quality, personalized photo products to you in the future via the CostcoPhotoCenter.com website. So it's not surprising to see this in the news. Um, I'm actually surprised it didn't happen sooner because uh, with the increase in people sharing, uh, taking more photos, but sharing them mostly digitally and doing fewer and fewer prints, it just doesn't make any sense for a big chain store like Costco to have photo labs in every location. It just ends up being a waste of money that they don't make enough money doing prints to offset their costs, so i'm really surprised that this didn't happen sooner but it finally has so the shoe has dropped and these photo labs are going away next up what's happening with third party lenses for the rf mount a lot of people are asking when we're going to see the big third party manufacturers like sigma and tamron enter the rf market Canon's L offerings, while terrific across the board, are definitely at the high end of cost in most cases. This is where Sigma and Tamron have fit in over the last few years for EF, terrific performance for a fraction of the cost. Both Sigma and Tamron also have unique offerings for Canon EF shooters, and we probably want that to be the case for the RF mount as well. As far as Sigma, Sigma CEO Katsu... Yamaki hinted at the development of RF mount lenses in a recent article saying, quote, which is why our short term strategy includes, uh, uh, indeed involves the possibility of introducing lenses with new mounts to such photography systems as Nikon Z or Canon EOS R. I would go as far to say that R&D on the RF mount has already begun at Sigma. What I don't think we'll see from Sigma is just mount conversions of current lenses. The business plan from Sigma has changed over the last decade, and they aren't simply just redesigning cheaper offerings, they're designing great offerings. The RF mount flange distance and control ring offer some unique opportunities for Sigma to introduce some really nice lenses as they have in the EF mount. I expect we'll see something announced later in 2021, but the challenges of COVID could obviously delay the timeline. Tamron. I haven't heard anything about Tamron's RF mount aspirations, but I imagine they're working on it already. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Tamron gets to market with a native RF mount or two before Sigma does. However, there are still lots of third-party offerings for the RF mount, but only Samyang slash Rokinon offer autofocus RF mount lenses, while there are many manufacturers that are offering manual focus lenses, some of which are quite unique. Below is a full list, as far as I can tell, of RF mount lenses available from reputable manufacturers. Note this list does not include cinema lenses. In the Samyang market, Samyang has both autofocus and manual focus lenses available for the RF mount. They are currently the only third-party maker with autofocus lenses for the EOS R series cameras. Their autofocus lenses are the Samyang RF 14mm f2.8 with autofocus for 629 and the RF85mm F1.4 with autofocus for $679. Their manual focus lenses, the Samyang RF 14mm F2.8 UMC for 449, and the RF85mm 1.4 UMC for 299. Rokanon lenses are the same as their Samyang counterparts, but pricing can be different between the two versions. And the autofocus lenses, Rokinon RF 14mm f2.8 for $699, the 85mm f1.4 for $699. And in the manual uh, lenses, both the 14 millimeter and the 85mm, the 14 is the 2.8, 85 is 1.4. They're both priced at $399 for the manual focus only models. Now, as far as Venus Optics, Venus Optics has been investing heavily in RF mount manual focus lenses, and they have a lot more New lenses on the way for 2021. Currently Venus Optics is the only company that offers a native tilt-shift lens for the RF mount. Under their manual focus lenses, we have the Venus Laowa RF12 F2.80D for 949. The Venus Laowa RF12 to 24 F5.6 will be coming soon. The Venus Laowa RF14mm F4 FFRL0D for 549. The Venus Lawa RF 15 mm F2FE0D for 849 The Lawa RF 15 mm F450D tilt shift for $11.99. The Lawa RF 25 F2.8 2.5 to 5X ultra macro for $399 the Venus Laowa Argus RF 35mm F095 coming soon, and the Venus Lawa RF100 F2.8 2x Ultra Macro AP for 449 Now, as far as Nisi is concerned, Nisi recently launched their first RF mount, a compact wide-angle lens with 10 aperture blades to produce a star effect to lights across all apertures. Their manual focus lens is the Nisi 15mm F4 Sunstar for $579. Lens Baby, the maker of quirky artistic creative lenses, makes two native RF mount lenses with more coming in 2021. Their manual focus lenses are the Trio 28 RF 28mm F35 for 249, the Lens Baby Velvet 56 RF. 56mm f1.6 for 449 and the lens baby velvet 85 rf 85mm f1.8 for 499 Now as far as Mikey M-E-I-K-E another small manufacturer that's been making manual focus lenses for a while now they are perfect for people on a tight budget their manual focus lenses are the rf 50mm f1.7 for 129 The RF 85mm 2.8 for 269 and the MK85F 2.8 1 to 5 to 1 ratio macro lens for 269. Now, as far as Kippen, Kippen makes a series of classic design prime lenses for the RF mount. The lenses are equipped with an aperture ring. They offered the Kipon elegant RF-35mm F2.4 for 468, the RF-24 F2.4 for 499, the RF-75 2.4 for 355, and the RF90 F2.4 for 386. Now as far as Mitocon, known for their speedmaster lenses, Mitocon makes the only native 50mm F-095 lens for the RF mount, and it's priced at 679. Seven Artisans, currently Seven Artisans, has one native RF mount available and another one which will be available soon, but I expect we'll see more in the coming year. Their manual focus lenses are the RF 50mm F1.05 for $490 coming soon and the Seven Artisans Photoelectric RF60 F2.8 macro at $159 tt artisan a manufacturer i'm not too familiar with but they do make an inexpensive fisheye lens for the rf mount the tt artisan 11 millimeter f 2.8 full frame fisheye is 215 brighton star to be perfectly honest i've never heard of this manufacturer it does appear that they sell the least expensive native rf mount lens on the market the manual focus brighton star rf 50, 55 millimeter f 1.8 is 99 dollars Funleader makes a cap lens for the RF mount. It's less than a pancake, so I've called it a crepe. I own one of these, but due to the current movement restrictions, I haven't been able to go out and do what I want with it. It's a manual focus lens. It's the Funleader cap lens 18 millimeter f8.0 at 149. And those are all of the current third party manufacturer lenses in the RF mount that are currently available for any of your EOS R series cameras. Whether you got the R, the RP, the R6, the R5, or the RA, all of these lenses will fit and work on your RF mount body. And last up from Canon Rumors for this week's Venus Optics will launch an RF20 12 to 24 millimeter F56 lens in 2021. Venus Optics looks like they're going to have a busy 2021 with new lenses. Yesterday, we reported that the company would launch a new Laowa Argus line of F095 Prime lenses for various mirror mounts, but it appears they aren't done there. According to Sony Addict, Venus Optics will also announce a 12 24 F5.6 for various full-frame mirrorless mounts, including Canon's RF mount. The Laowa 12-24mm F5.6 specifications Supported formats, full frame, focal length 12 to 24 millimeter, aperture 5.6 to f22, angle of view 121.9 degrees to uh, to 84 degrees, lens configuration 15 elements in 11 groups, two spherical elements, three ED lenses, aperture blades, five pieces, shortest shooting distance 15 centimeters, maximum shooting magnification 0.4 times. Size will be 69.4 by 74 millimeters, weight 497 grams. It'll be available in the Leica M, Canon Z, Sony E, or I mean, Nikon Z, Canon E, or Canon RF, and Sony E mount. I apologize, I'm really getting uh, tongue-tied reading off the uh, mouse that that lens will be available in. Now, this is definitely some exciting news. Um, right now, I do have a 12-24 to 24 lens that's an F4, and it's the Sigma HSM Art Lens which is a fantastic lens. Actually, I had that. I, I, I apologize. I forgot. I just sold that a few months ago. Um, it was an extremely heavy lens. This is definitely a lens that I'd be interested in, especially if it's priced competitively. Um, I would like to have another 12 to 24 lens. And the fact that it's an F5.6 is no big deal because generally with my 12 to 24, I'm shooting at F8 anyways, because I'm using it for real estate or landscape work. So, That's definitely got me excited. I'm hoping it does get announced soon and that it's priced reasonably, and I may pick up one of these to add to my Venus Optics lens collection. All right, and next up, we're going to move on to Nikon rumors after a short break. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com also check out the liam photography podcast facebook group and you can find us on twitter at liam atl on twitter you can tweet the show just insert the hashtag liam photo podcast and now back to the show and we're back. So first up from Nikon Rumors for this week, Nikon Canada to reduce warranty on all products starting February 1st. And I did have to let you know another typo on the Nikon Rumors site. The headline actually reads Nikon Canada to reduce warranty on all produce. <laughs> I didn't realize Nikon was so desperate to uh, to uh, lift their profits, which have been sagging for a few years now that they'd gotten gotten into selling fresh produce. I wonder if they'll be carrying this stuff. Uh, nikon produce at the local kroger and walmart grocery stores or if it's only in select parts of canada for the time being (laughs) so nikon canada is rumored to reduce their warranty coverage for all products on february 24 or february 1st 2021 currently the warranty in canada on cameras and flashes is two years and on lenses is five years on february 1st the warranty is rumored to change to one year for all products cameras flashes and lenses the Nikon Canada warranty website is not updated yet, but it will be on February 1st. If you're planning to buy Nikon equipment, you still have 2 weeks to get to uh, to get the old warranty coverage. Check the Nikon section at Amazon Canada, Camera and Camera Canada. Last week, Nikon officially announced that it will no longer uh, provide international warranties on any of their products, and I did cover that in last week's episode. It does make sense from a business standpoint for Nikon. As I said earlier, they've been hurting financially for quite some time now. I'm not going to say yet that Nikon's going the way of the Dodo Bird. I honestly hope it doesn't happen. I'm not a Nikon shooter myself, but I have used Nikon cameras, and I have a lot of friends that shoot Nikon. And Nikon does make fantastic equipment, great camera bodies, great lenses. They're just not innovating enough and not fast enough. And that's where I think it's going to hurt them. I'm hoping they don't go the way of the Dodo bird or end up getting sold off to uh, Japanese industrial products like Olympus did. But I'm really nervous for Nikon. And like I said, I don't want to see them go anywhere. They and Canon have been around for the longest at over 100 years apiece, as camera companies. And I really would hate to see either one of them go anywhere. Next up, Nikon releases new Nikon Z6 II and Z7 II setting guides for still photography. Nikon has released the new setting guides for both of the cameras, and the direct links will be included in this article in the show notes, so you can check it out for yourself and download their new settings guides. Next up, the first uh, sorry, the first Nikon Z7 II camera v- reviews are out. Nikon Z7 II camera review at Photo uh, E Zine. Pros: excellent image quality, extremely high quality lenses available, high speed shooting possible at 10 frames per second, five axis image stabilization, SD card slot a welcome addition, excellent handling. The cons: 4K UHD video not sign or cinema. Some will wish the screen could face forwards, but not everyone. Battery life is still quite short. The Nikon Z7II camera view, at camera jabber, pros, high quality sensor, excellent user interface and control layout, waterproof build. Cons, a very angle screen is of more use than a tilting screen for portrait orientation images. The viewfinder resolution is no longer class leading. The review at the amateur photographer, Pros, features a much improved buffer performance, introduces dual card slots for backup, overflow, and segregation. Excellent handling and incredibly intuitive to use. More affordable than the original Z7 at launch. Face, eye, and animal detection made easier to access. Battery life doubles with the new NBN11 battery grip. EVF automatically disables when screen is pulled out. Cons of 1.08 times crop is applied to 4K 60p video. Viewfinder resolution doesn't match its closest rival. Extended shutter speeds only available in manual mode. Tilting screen isn't complementary to portrait shooting. Top speed of 1 2000th of a second using electronic first curtain shutter. Autofocus is still an area for improvement for a professional. The Nikon Z7II camera review at Digital Camera World, pros, excellent image quality, lovely handling, five-axis image stabilization, uh, best-in-class build quality. Cons, EVF resolution is lower than rivals, tilt angle display, not a very angle. And the review at uh, Photographer uh, Photography Blog, quote, overall, the Nikon Z7II, like its predecessor, is an excellent camera With a good range of features and specifications which are likely to appeal to a diverse range of professional and high-end enthusiast photographers adding the secondary card slot is a real bonus for anybody using a camera for special events such as weddings where it's absolutely vital that no photos are lost and you'll be able to check out all of these reviews as videos from the appropriate youtube links in this article which will be included in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. The Nikon Z7II availability, it is available for purchase at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Wex, Park, Calumet, and Camera Canada. Next up, Nisi 15mm F4 ASPH lens for Nikon Z mount, now available for pre-order. When the Nisi 15mm wide-angle manual focus full-frame mirrorless lens was announced last week, there was a glitch and the Nikon Z-Mount version of the lens was not listed for pre-order. The issue is now fixed and the Z-Mount version is available for pre-order at B&H Photo for $579. And of course, there'll be a link in this article to this article in the show notes so that you can place your pre-order yourself if you want to pick up one of these new lenses for your Nikon Z-Mount body. Next up, Nikon USA introduced new NPS plans. Nikon USA has induced uh, has introduced three uh, new three tier NPS plans in the U.S. Similar to Canon CPS, and you can click the image for a larger view. They have the Pro, which is complimentary, are requ- uh, uh, no cost membership for pros with. Fewer gear repairs, maintenance, and loaner needs. And then they have a upgraded pro level for hardworking pros who depend on their gear daily and like to try new Nikon gear before they buy. You can get that membership for $149.99 a year. And their Platinum Edition, the ultimate in professional support and discounts, it can pay for itself with one new gear purchase, is $300 a year, $299.99. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. And last up from Nikon Rumors for this week, Capture 121 version 14.0.2 released with support for the Nikon Z6.2 and Z7.2 cameras. As I already reported a few days ago, today Capture 121 released version 14.0.2 with support for the latest Nikon Z6.2 and Z7.2 cameras. A 30-day full-featured trial of Capture 121 is available from their website, Capture One learning videos can also be found at the link in this article. And that is going to wrap up the Nikon Rumors for this week. Let's move on over to Fuji Rumors. All right, first up from uh, Fuji Rumors, Fujifilm mini tutorial series, Cinema Shutter, Speeds, Dynamic Range, Fujifilm X-Raw Studio, and more. Fujifilm continues its mini tutorial series. Down below, you can see all the latest videos they have uploaded also they have written blog post tutorials you can find it all below they have one on pre-focusing and autofocusing with the fujifilm x series back button focusing what you need to know with the x uh, series unlock advanced focusing features using focus bracketing and stacking boost dynamic range in your images using 10-stop neutral density filters and improve lighting with off-camera flash all of these uh, mini tutorials are for the Fujifilm X-Mount series. I don't see any listed here for the GFX series, Medium Format Mirrorless, uh, which is the model, one of the models that I have. But you can check out all of these mini tutorials for yourself. They are all included in the show notes for this week's episode. Next up, Fujifilm X-H1 firmware 2.10 versus 2.11. X-S10 or X-T4, Fujifilm X100V, Virtually Perfect, and more X-Camera Roundup. After an extremely busy rumor week, I thought we might hold on for a second, stop looking at the future, and see what we already have. Because the best camera of tomorrow can't take the pictures of today. So we are going to cover some X-Series Fujifilm cameras, including a comparison between the Fujifilm X-H1 firmware 2.10 versus the latest 2.11 firmware. A special section goes to the Fujifilm X100 line, mainly the Fujifilm X100V. And you can check out the X-Camera Roundup at the links in this article in the show notes. There are a whole bunch of accompanying videos here that you can check out and uh, just verify all of the articles and all of the roundups for yourself. You can check them out, watch them at your leisure, bookmark them for later watching, or whatever you want to do. Next up, breaking next Fujifilm film simulation to be called Nostalgic Negative. According to information we just received from trusted sources, the long rumored new film simulation to be launched on January 27th will be called Nostalgic Negative. I don't know about you, but I already love the vintage sound of it. I don't know which original film will serve as inspiration for this particular film simulation. Classic Negative is based on Superior, as you can see from Fujifilm's own presentation sheet here. I am crossing fingers that it will be based on this one. And if you wonder why Fujifilm doesn't give it the name of existing film, then feel free to read the explanation of Fujifilm Engineers here And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. And now I'm definitely excited about that. Um, As everybody knows, I have the Fujifilm GFX 50R medium format mirrorless. And I absolutely love Fuji's film simulations. They do a great job of replicating the old school Fujifilm actual film, the physical film, 35 millimeter film. Uh, So I really love having the film simulations, and I'm a big, big uh, supporter of black and white or monochrome photography. So getting another black and white film simulation would be absolutely stellar. I'm excited about that. Next up, Fringer NF2FX firmware version 1.10 released. Firmware 1.10 for the Fringer NF to FX Nikon to Fujifilm X autofocus adapter is now available for download. You can buy this smart adapter at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And there's a bunch of details uh, listed in this article as far as what lenses it's optimized for. I won't go over the entire list, but I'll include it in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Fujifilm Pro 400H officially discontinued. Fujifilm has officially announced that Fujifilm Pro 400H film has been discontinued. Down below is the press release. Fujifilm Pro uh, 400H can still be found at b Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. Uh, let's see, from Fujifilm Imaging Systems Company Limited, thank you for your continued patronage of Fujifilm products. Fujifilm Imaging Systems Company Ltd., President Toru Nishimiru, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, has been producing the Pro 400H Color Negative Film for photography, which has been a favorite for many years, in an effort to improve production efficiency and reduce costs. Due to the difficulty in procuring some of the raw materials used in the above, production and sales will be discontinued. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience, but thank you for your patience. We look forward to your continued patronage of Fujifilm products. Target product and expected end of shipment size 135. The Fuji Color Pro 400H Professional 36 shots separately expected shipping end time March 2021. And the 120 Fujifilm Pro 400H Professional 12 shots 5 pack March of 2022. So it looks like That is going to be the end of an era for another line of actual physical film. Next up, Fujifilm GFX100S explained fixed EVF, only one top dial, the PSAM, no D-pad, top LCD, no humpback, and more. Okay, guys, let's narrow the range of our imagination and describe a bit closer the Fujifilm GFX100S. According to our information, you can imagine the Fujifilm GFX100S like this. No GFX50S humpback. If you don't know what I mean, check out this image. Top plate has only one dial on the top left side, a PSAM dial, no D-pad. It does have a joystick, a top LCD, fixed viewfinder, not removable like the gfx 100 and the GFX 50S, where it can also tilt thanks to the EVF tilt adapter. Let's add the information we already shared. The name, of course, is the Fujifilm GFX 100S, a bit smaller than the GFX 50S, 102-megapixel medium format Bayer sensor, backside illuminated sensor with full-phase detection pixels coverage, three-way tilt screen. It does have in-body image stabilization, a bit smaller than the Fujifilm GFX 50S, which I already mentioned, Uh, They listed that twice for some reason. Coming on January 27th, priced at $5,999. So the Fujifilm GFX100S will be the first GFX camera with a PSAM dial. And I get it, the almost totality of the market wants a PSAM dial, and if Fujifilm wants to attack the high-end full-frame market, then they simply have no other choice than to offer a GFX camera with the dial. It will help the GFX system get more popular. And you know what? Sure, I still would have preferred retro dials, but a PSAM dial is still better than the solution the GFX100 adopted, which was the first and only Fujifilm I ever used that I struggled to operate out of the box. So mixed feelings here, but overall, I prefer a PSAM dial over the solution adopted on the original GFX100. So that is the latest information on the upcoming GFX100S from fujirumors.com. Next up, Fujinon Promista 19-45mm to 2T 2.9, available January 28th. This lens was announced back in September of 2020. Now Fujifilm uh, has again issued a press release with some additional information on its release. The Fujinon Promista 19 to 45 millimeter f 2.9 will start shipping on January 28th and can now be pre-ordered at b Photo, and this will add to their lineup, offering a total of three lenses: the Promista 19 to 45 f 2.9, the Promista 28 to 100 t 2.9, and the Promista 80 to 250 t 2.9 235 So, definitely exciting for the cinematographers out there that this new Fujifilm cinema lens is shipping soon and last up from Fuji rumors for this week capture One Twenty One Fourteen Point Zero Point Two adds Fujifilm GFX 100 pixel shift support uh, the new version has been released uh, there's full release notes at the link in this article what's new support for multiple cameras the Nikon Z7 Mark II the Z6 Mark II the Panasonic S5 the Leica S007 the Leica M10-R, the Panasonic S1M, the Panasonic SRM, or S1RM, I'm sorry, the Leica Q2 monochrome, and the Canon 850D. In addition, support for the Fujifilm GFX100, firmware update to support the Fujifilm Pixel Shift, linear DNG file formats in Capture One. So that is definitely exciting. If you want, to, if you have a GFX100 and you've been wanting the ability to process your images with the pixel shift features, then you're definitely going to want to pick up the latest version of Capture One Pro, version 21, and you will be good to go. And now, last up for this week, let's move on to Sony Alpha rumors. First up, DP Review TV, high-resolution mirrorless cameras compared. DP Review TV, quote, what's the best high-resolution mirrorless camera? We compare the Canon EOS R5, the Sony A7R 4 the Nikon Z7 II, and the Panasonic S1R to find out. Learn which high-resolution camera is best for you. Basically, they place the R5 and the, uh, the A7R 4 on top. Consider the fact that Sony is an older camera and that we have to expect Sony to add some new great features on the future A7R r 5 so I'll include a link, of course, to this article in the show notes, which has the accompanying YouTube video from DP Review TV. So you can check it out for yourself. Next up, from Tony and Chelsea Northrop, Canon versus Sony vs. Nikon versus Panasonic 2021 edition. They think that the Canon and Sony are the only quote solid players in the long run. What do you think? Will Nikon and Panasonic really be the losers? Now, I did watch this video and I do agree with a lot of what Tony and Chelsea were saying in this video. Right now, the camera industry is completely dominated by Canon and Sony. Uh, Sony was the leader in full frame mirrorless for many years because they were the first one to do it and they innovated so many new technologies. But as you remember, I said before, when Canon announced the eos R in late 2018 it wouldn't take canon more than 18 to 24 months to catch and surpass sony and they did this past summer of 2020 when they released the r5 and r6 most anybody who's a reputable camera reviewer whether they're on youtube or not will tell you that many of the features in the r5 especially far surpass sony's latest camera which is the a7r4 the eye detect autofocus is better. The animal autofocus is better. A lot of the features and functions in the R5 are just superior to what Sony currently has on the market. Now, I'm not bashing Sony. I don't want you to think that. I know I have listeners that are Sony shooters. Sony makes fantastic cameras, and the A7R 4 has been out for a little while now. So Canon's definitely got the advantage, but I fully expect Sony to hit back hard when they release the a7r5 we'll have to see exactly what route they go when they do release it but right now with the announcements and rumors in 2021 that canon could possibly drop up to eight new cameras they're going to seriously put a hurting on Sony if even a fraction of that is true. Now, like I said before, there's rumors that the uh, the EOS uh, R5S is going to drop in 2021, which is the replacement for the 5DS and 5DSR, a super high megapixel mirrorless camera. And there's also talk that they're definitely going to introduce uh, replacements for the EOS R and RP, whether they name them the R and RP Mark II or not, I don't know. But the rumor for the EOS RP replacement is that it's going to sell even cheaper than the EOS RP when it drops. So if Canon comes out with a entry level full frame mirrorless camera that's super inexpensive, they're going to really, really put a hurting on Sony. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But I have a feeling 2021 is going to be the year that the mirrorless uh, full frame camera wars really starts heating up. I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check out Tony and Chelsea's video for yourself. Next up, Wild Rumor, new Sony camera announcements in mid-February. Product info, data certification, December 4th, 2020. The company is Sony Corporation, product name, digital still camera, version WW111327 underscore 2.4 gigahertz. Model number WW111327, category tablets, e-readers, and cameras, subcategory of still camera. Now, I got a first, still-to-be-double-checked, rumor about a Sony camera announcement in mid-February. Reminder, Sony registered three cameras and one mic in Asia. We should get this stuff within the next one to two months. A new camera with the code WW186333, no 5GHz Wi-Fi, which suggests this might be an RX camera or an entry-level camcorder a second new camera with the code WW728473, and a third new camera with the code WW111327. Sony also registered a new wireless microphone. If you happen to know anything solid about the mid-February announcement, drop me a message at at, uh, sonyalpharumors at gmail.com or use this anonymous contact form. Please use a nickname so I can recognize you in the future. And next up, from Sony Rumors for this week, first review of the Nisi 15mm F4 FE lens by Philip Reeve. You can now pre-order the new Nisi lens at B&H Photo and Adorama for $579.00. Philip Reeve tested the lens and concludes, quote, As I know many of you just scroll down here to let me, uh, let me remind you that this was a pre-production sample and there may be slight changes for the final production model. Sometimes lenses from new manufacturers leave a lot to be desired, and lately we have often seen lenses with staggering specs at low price points that ended up not really being useful because too many compromises had to be made. Luckily, this is not the case here. I found the Nisi 15mm f4 to be a useful lens that did not disappoint in the field. I especially like that it was fully usable at f4, very little field curvature, and that vignetting at this aperture is comparably moderate. It should be noted, though, that there is also some competition in this focal length range, so let us discuss how the Nisi 15mm fits into this category. First, we have the Voigtlander 15mm uh, 4.5e. It has noticeably higher vignetting, similarly nice sunstars, but is a bit lighter and comes with electronic contacts, better flare resistance, and with a 58mm filter thread. For some, the non-removable hood may be a no-go, though, as it makes using filters significantly harder. It is 40% more expensive. Then we have the Laowa 14mm F4, a lens that is very small and light but showed some issues with field curvature in our review and again comes with very high vignetting at F4, about 1 EV higher. No electronic contacts, nice sun stars, 52mm filter thread, and a non-removable lens hood. It is similarly priced. Then we have the Laowa 15mm F2, Full two stops faster while similarly sized, heavier though. Same vignetting at shared apertures, no electronic contacts, not well-defined sun stars. Early pre-2019 E-mount version, also 72mm filter thread and a removable hood, 50% more expensive. None of these options is a slouch. I told you about the differences. Choose, depending on your applications and budget, which one would work best for you. Next up, Adobe Europe is offering up to 20% off all Creative Cloud apps. Europeans can now save 20% on the Creative Cloud apps sold by Adobe Germany, Adobe UK, Adobe France, Adobe Italy, Spain, Netherlands, and Adobe Belgium. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. And last up for this week, you can now pre-order the new Sony 35mm f1.4 G Master Lens at b Photo and Adorama. The lens is priced at $1,398 and the pre-orders are open now. The lens will start shipping out on February 15th of 2021. In Europe, you can pre-order the lens at Photo Koch, Photo Erhart, Calumet DE, WEX UK, and Park UK. And that is going to wrap up all of the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is named the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I have also opened it up to allow you to give the names of a previous guest on the show. Uh, which will also get you in and prove that you're a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work to the group. If you would like creative critique of your images, you can post them with the comment CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers. Now, I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the GFX 50R, you can request to join that group, group but you do have to answer two security questions the questions are do you own or plan to own a gfx 50r and what style of photography do you shoot primarily you can find my work at www.liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my project at www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com And the first book in the series, The Northwest Counties, is now available. All right, and that's going to wrap up episode 122 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. Also remind you that the first book, The Northwest Counties, is now available for sale. You can pick up a signed copy at liamphotography.net or you can pick up an unsigned copy at amazon and barnesandnoble.com i want to thank you all once again and i will see you all again in another 7 days